Hey everybody, welcome to Creative Ops Podcast for creative people by creative people. Our whole point on this show is to just try to highlight creative people, celebrate creativity, and uh, kind of dig into how people do what they do. And so I was really excited to have a good friend of mine, Paul Brogan, uh, come on and be the first interview for the show. He came on and he talked about a lot of things about how he started his business, where he's at now, and uh, where he's going in the future with it. Inspiring story, I thought. I hope you guys enjoy this interview with Paul Brogan, owner of Rivertown Adventures down in Lansing. And if you're in the Lansing area, check them out. Paul Brogan, you're finally in the studio. Took a couple tries, but glad to have you. Uh, tell people who you are, what you do. All right. My name is Paul Brogan, as you mentioned. Um, I'm a small business owner in Lansing, Michigan. Uh, started with my friend Nate, started a business in 2014 called Rivertown Adventures, and we are a full-service canoe and kayak livery, um, offering kayak rentals, canoe rentals, paddle, stand-up paddle boards, um, and we offer trips on the Red Cedar River, uh, which is a beautiful river running through the campus of Michigan State University. Lots to explore on that waterway. And then also the Grand River, Michigan's longest river, um, which starts down in Hillsdale County, south of Jackson, and makes its way up to Lansing. And we service about 25 miles um, this year we'll be servicing about 35 to 40 miles of that river, um, all the way to the Portland area from, from about Diamonddale to Portland on the Grand River. So we offer a lot of options to get out and explore the waterways, um, do some kayaking on the river. And, um, also this year, um, including last year, we are partnering with the, uh, J and K steamboats and we have the Grand Princess Riverboat, a hundred passenger boat double-decker um, that we're operating downtown Lansing this year. Badass. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> so uh, one of the reasons besides having you uh, as a friend for a long time, I always like the conversations that we have. I find your story, not just what you're doing, how you're doing it, but how you came to that to be um, something that I think people would find interesting, if not inspiring. So um, let's go back to like middle school, high school, Paul Brogan. What was that kid like? Like not just in the classroom, but in the classroom, outside of the classroom. Uh, I was your kind of middle of the road dude. Uh, <laughs> didn't really, didn't really put myself to any particular group or faction. Just kind of stuck to my, to what I did, and uh, had a lot of friends. A great childhood. Grew up going to the community center that I uh, that was in my neighborhood, the Foster Community Center. So there, I learned to play all the fun sports: pool, floor hockey, ping pong. Um, was even on a youth advisory board, so learned a, a lot, uh, in my middle school years, um, at the community center. Um, and then also just had a, a nice fun childhood playing backyard football and basketball and all that kind of good stuff. Um, so nothing to complain about. I mean, the Lansing is a great place to grow up. It was for me. Um, I believe it still is. And, um, from there, it, it kind of gave me a nice foundation to, um, try to focus on what I was going to do with my life after, uh, after middle school and high school. Did you know in school kind of have a direction like I want to be a business owner someday or was owning a business? It's, really, I just I was uh, I was kind of all over the map for a little bit. I yeah. think a lot of people are when you, when you come out of high school, for sure. you have an idea. Um, I uh, I started out in film class and photography. I took that for a couple of years. Really made a couple of short uh, short silent movies and uh, I was really into film. I wanted to go out and maybe go to California someday and and do all that stuff. My aunt lived out in. Orange County. And so visiting her in my childhood, we'd go to Universal Studios and Hollywood and all that stuff and um, had been there several times. And it, it kind of stirred this fire and this imagination 
um, inside of me. So I pursued that for a while. Um, however, also at the same time, I'd always kind of wanted to be a police officer. Um, uh, my dad was a, a cop for a short time. My godfather was one for 25 years and 30 years. And, um, uh, so I felt that was kind of in my blood too. So I was, I was kind of mixed and I took classes, uh, for film and photography for a couple of years. And I just decided that that maybe wasn't my route. Um, so I pursued the law enforcement uh, angle of things. And uh, then um, after getting my degree in criminal justice, the economy went, you know, took a crap in the 08. Yeah. It was 7, 08, 09 there, and a lot of departments just stopped hiring. So uh, I kind of looked at it as maybe that's not the way I go. And then I had an opportunity with uh, the Kroger company, which I had worked for for several years to um, get into uh, store management and uh, actually got a great career becoming a store manager for Kroger yeah. um, instead of uh, pursuing the law enforcement side of things. So because um, uh, I grew up or uh, started. Well, you, you, I was going to say you started there bagging groceries. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I started my career at Kroger when I was <laughs> 17 bagging groceries, ended up being a cashier, then a customer service manager, then uh Quasi butcher in the meat department, which is really just taking a big chunk of meat and slicing it into steaks. But uh, did that for a while. Then I got into loss prevention and risk management as I was, you know, following the path of which for the people that don't fully understand that meant that you catch shoplifters, yeah, in yeah. internal investigations and right um, and stuff like that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That job was <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, I would have been nervous that like you grab somebody be like, hey, you're not going anywhere with that, and you're pocket and they yeah. just turn around and stab you or something yeah i mean and looking back at it, it was the things i did were, were really stupid <laughs> i mean I, could, <laughs> I got into some fisticuffs several times uh but the, you know our our policy at the time was no one gets away so policies have changed through most corporations now yeah rest um, in peace frank right yeah you just let them go but I'm just I was chasing, there's no frank <laughs> there's, there's no frank but i was chasing folks in parking lots and um Across the streets and through the neighborhoods, and you know it was a, uh, it was like real crime fighting just to get that pack of razors back. Just at least, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was a good time. Uh, learned a lot. I worked out a lot in the uh, Flint area and those stores, and a little bit in Detroit. So really, worked in some, some when you were uh, doing the loss, loss management. Yep, or loss management, loss yep. prevention. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. So saw a lot of unique things. Uh, I learned a lot about you today that I didn't know. I yeah. didn't know that you had that artistic. <laughs> inclination originally mm -hmm. and i didn't know that you worked over on the east side of the state too mm -hmm. yep so uh yeah it was kind of traveling a traveling gig yeah um but uh yeah you know so I, I eventually just kept working my way up through the kroger company and um they liked me and i work hard and um so i was able to get a spot doing uh, assistant manager co-manager for a store mm -hmm. then eventually got promoted into store management and uh, before you know it i was running the same store that I started at as a bagger. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is kind of came full circle for me there. Right. So that was, uh, it was quite a bit of fun. Um, Kroger taught me a lot about just processes and, and, and management and leadership. Um, a lot of things that you kind of need if you're going to start a small business and have several employees under you. Um, so I look at Kroger as my, uh, kind of my school, yeah. my training, to eventually do something else, which, you know, for a while there, I thought I was Kroger. This is it. This is my career. Yeah. I'm set. I'm good. Just got to keep going to work like six days a week, 70 hours a week, 
couple vacations a year. I was going to say, yeah, you, you worked a lot, but I mean, yeah. you, you don't have to, <clears throat> how much money did, no, not, you don't have to tell us how much money, <laughs> but I mean, you were making decent money, had benefits, had a good title. You didn't have a whole lot of people coming at you all the time. Hey, you go mm-hmm. pick that up, Brogan. You know what I mean? So yep. that sounds to, I think a lot of people and a lot of people at the time when you made that split were like, what is he doing? Yeah. What, what happened that you were like, I just, I mean, this is nice. <clears throat> But this isn't what I want. Yeah, it, it kind of happened over time. But uh, I realized the management um, process that Kroger uses um, in managing their managers um, was just not really the way I saw life for me. Yeah. Um, you know, pretty much you're at their beck and call. Um when you need to be at your store, you better be at your store. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot of extra pressures and, um, refrigerator breaks or uh, water. Yeah. I mean, there's water just, main bus. There's and, a lot, there's a lot to deal with. Yeah. And I could just, I, I knew I could just see the path I was going down and I was starting to dis just dislike the everyday. Yeah. Um, part of that business. I love the leadership aspect. I loved, the interaction with the people and the customers and my employees. Yeah. I loved a lot about it, but, um, uh, you know, it was kind of like working for the man, working for the, the corporate guy. Yeah. Have a nice pathway, you know, to follow, but at the same time, you're going to give up some of your own freedoms. Right. Um, and looking down, you know, in my future, if I start a family, having kids working this type of job, not going to, you know, it's just not going to work. Um, and I saw, I saw other man- store managers struggling you know, trying to find this balance. Um, and, uh, it just wasn't there. So I, I kind of just said, all right, I'm going to start thinking about different things. I'm going to take a leap of faith. Um, I've got some money in savings. I've got this experience. I don't know where I'm going to go, but I know it's not here. And if I don't go now, then I probably won't go because yeah. I'll, I'll feel too trapped into it. Right. I've got my, you know, I've got my time at 13 years in at the company at the time. Right. So, uh, I'm starting over, but, um, you know, no kids, not married, don't have a mortgage. You know, there's a lot of extra things that I didn't have that would allow me to take a leap. Right. You know, um, I didn't need all the securities. Um, so I decided to leave the company in the spring of I think 2012 and kind of go explore yeah. um, from there. So, um, it was a big risk. Yeah, and many people would say that's pretty stupid. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, at the time, because uh, Nate, who you started the business with too, another good friend of mine, mm-hmm. um, he had a job working for the city. Same thing, decent pay, benefits. Um, you know, he he would say that if anything, the job was underwhelming and, you know, the responsibilities and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, he just had that same feeling too. Like, I just don't want to do this until I'm old like these guys who all hate their jobs. And Yeah. Yeah, so. Yep. Yeah, that was uh that was uh so yeah, in 2014 and I'm sitting down on my computer and I'm looking for some used kayaks to rent because as a matter of fact the year before you and myself and Nate we went kayaking mm-hmm. yep. down the Grand River. Yep, and, and I dumped in the water. Yeah, yeah, you flipped your boat <laughs> right at the bridge there. That yeah. girl tipped my <laughs> kayak. She 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 like NASCAR nudged me from behind and all of a sudden I was like, "Whoa, I'm turning with the current. Why was my boat flipping over?" Yeah, we didn't know what we were doing. She was, <laughs> and, and well, you know, and to be fair too, she, like, I shouldn't have been in her way. Mm-hmm. She was a, um, a personal trainer. 
she was jacked and she totally could have kicked my ass. Yeah. So I, that, that's what I get for Instead, getting away, she turned right? around you. Yeah. Right. So she tried to murder me in the water. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, uh, Chris got <laughs> murdered, almost got murdered in the water last year. Perfect. Let's start a kayak and canoe rental business. Yeah. On the place that we had to save Chris's life. And speaking of full circle, and we'll 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 move into this too. I don't want to make a big, big jump to it. But the place that we got those kayaks from, you now own that property and sling your own kayaks from there. I will or be, you will be. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. Working on a new uh, new vision with that uh, little piece of property at so, Cherry Hill Park. I like the, uh, I just like the connection of a lot of things coming full circle there. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's get into like the actual, how you created the business. Okay. You guys are like, okay, we've, we've got a little bit of money to throw into this. We've got this desire. Uh, how did you find the kayak in the canoe business? Um, so I kind of take a step back, I guess a little bit is for years I had been toying in my mind with wanting to go into small business, wanting to do something, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, for myself, but I wanted it to be, um, something fun, adventurous, something that shows somebody a good time right. type of thing. And Nate and my, my, uh, business partner at the time, uh, or friend at the time became business partner. Yep. yep. Now not business partner, but we're still great friends. Um, anyway, uh, we had been talking, we had thrown ideas at the wall a lot, and uh, I was searching online for some used kayaks, just to do some kayaking that, that summer, and I came across the guy selling a, uh, basically it's a turnkey business. He had trailers, and a bunch of kayaks, and canoes, and water shoes, and life vests, and all this stuff. Yeah. And I thought, well, this is kind of interesting, and I just got to thinking, just seeing this package of kayaks and canoes right in front of my face, it yeah. just sparked this idea, and having kayaked the year before downtown and being totally awed by this natural beauty that's right in the middle of our city yeah and also for people that haven't been out um or or never went to that original business that we had uh, stopped at they were very limited compared to what you guys do they basically took you to a little launch dropped you in and said go out and come back when you want yeah yes yeah, so they're just kind of an out and back company yeah. grand fish <clears throat> Um, awesome people. They really did a cool thing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, my concept was, all right, listen, we've got, we've got the Red Cedar River. We've got the Grand River. We've got a lot of different access points yeah. that, that I can see and understand right now. Um, and a lot of young no people, place, young professionals and students. Yeah. There's no place in this area that you can get the experience like going up north to a livery. Mm-hmm. On any one of those beautiful rivers up north and oh, yeah. doing the thing where you get in a shuttle and they take you up river and you paddle back down to where your car's at and all right. that stuff. That service just wasn't available in Lansing. So I just kind of started working with that concept and I called Nate and said, dude, I think, I think I got an idea here. And the, uh, the whole idea was we're going to take a shuttle and a trailer and we're going to be completely mobile and we're just going to meet everybody at the parks yeah. and give them their, their, their boats. Um, and so that's kind of how we started the idea. But then we had the Lansing City Market right downtown there, mm-hmm. um, right behind the Lansing Convention Center. So it's right on the Grand River, right in the middle of downtown. Um, it's a marketplace. You can sell you could sell vegetables there. You could sell um, other home good products that you make. Um, crafters, you know, you can do your thing. Well, why in the hell can't we uh, rent some boats out of this little thing right here? You know. Yeah. So um, Nate and I, and one of the first canoes that we bought. We canoed from the boat launch down to the city market, 
And we got out and we said, we're going to canoe our way down there and we're going to go talk to this manager of the market and we're going to tell him what we want to do. And she loved it. Like off the bat, like, oh yeah, this is, this sounds great. Yeah. Um, so she, I, I called the parks director as well, um, who I had a, uh, a relationship with from the past when I was a kid going, growing up in the community centers, I, I knew the parks director and I yeah. told him what we wanted to do. And, um, they were on board. They're saying, yeah, I think we can, we can do this, try it out. Um, and so essentially, um, that gave us a, a home base to start our business. So we just set up a little pop-up tent. I call it little, uh, little, uh, lemonade stand on the river trail. Yeah. And we brought our boats down there and for that first year, we just put our boats down there on the, the little beach landing area, did our little pop-up stand, try to get on social media, spread the word through word of mouth and just see what happens. We started with six canoes and eight or eight canoes and six kayaks. Um, and it just, people, the momentum just started kicking in right away. Like people walking down the river trail, like, Oh, what's this? You can rent a boat here. And then people seeing boats in the water and they're walking the river trail and they're like, what the hell? <laughs> I didn't know you can kayak in the grand river yeah. and Lansing. Like, right. I, like, what is this? And so people just started, you know, just started clicking. It's like, Oh, this is cool. Oh yeah. Okay. Neat. Sweet. All right. Just go to at the city market. Yeah. Come down there and rent a boat. Um, and then, so from there we ran our shuttle service and we found a couple of really awesome, um, access points to the river at Kruger landing on the Red Cedar river became a very popular trip for us. And then you could cut, we'd take you to the dam and you could kayak from the dam at Moore's park back to the city market. Um, so there were, um, a lot of different options. We, we did trips starting on campus from Michigan state back to the city market, nice three hour trip, um, from Okemos, which is just east of campus back to the city market, mm -hmm. um, trips from Old Town below the dam and Old Town going west towards Delta Mills Park, which just goes towards Grand Ledge there. Um, so we had a lot of different trip options mm -hmm. to offer the customer. They could explore a lot of different um, uh, areas on the waterways. Um, it wasn't just one simple thing, um, which I think that was a draw. Yeah. Um, and then so we kind of just started having fun with it. We would take all the trips and give them different names instead mm -hmm. of, you're kayaking from this bridge to this bridge. It was our popular trip was the zoo to the market adventure. Um, yeah. cause we put you in the water right near the powder park zoo on the red cedar mm -hmm. and you paddle back to the city market. Um, our longest trip we called the Awashtenong, which is the native American word for, um, far away waters. Uh, that's the word, the name that they gave the grand river, the Awashtenong. Huh. Um, so that was our longest trip from old town, all over to grand ledge, 13 miles. Um, and then we had one from Diamonddale to Lansing. We called that the majestic because when Nate and I went out and paddled that, it was like you were up North. There are big Sandy bluffs and mm. giant lily pads and all kinds of different bird species all over. Like you would never think that you're this close to Lansing. Yeah. That's what you're saying. It was just, it was just a majestic feel. Um, and then the Michigan state trip is our Spartan country adventure. Um, you know, so. We uh, kind of just played it up a little bit like that, made yeah. it more of a, a fun feel, almost like uh, a theme park of river trips. Yeah. yeah, like you're selling an experience. Yeah, yeah. And so, and I took a lot of pride in that because, and Nate did too, um, you know, we both grew up in Lansing. Yeah. I love my city. One of the things about doing this business was not just about making money, right? but it was about doing the cool thing for the city that you love. And you grow up and everyone says, there's nothing fun to do in Lansing. There's not, well, here you go. I'm about <laughs> to give you something. And we've been delivering now for going into our seventh 
season here this year. So, um, yeah, it, it just kind of, it just kind of blew up. Yeah. And was it <clears throat> last year, year before that you guys won the state, uh, uh, the, yeah, the, uh, tourism award. Yeah. Um, it was in 2016. Yeah. Yep. From the state of Michigan tourism board. <clears throat> yeah. It was the for seasonal operator of the year, right? Seasonal operator of the year. Yep. Yep. It was a pretty cool award. Um, yeah. especially for being five years in at the time. Yep. Yep. Our uh, local convention visitors bureau, the Greater Lansing Convention Visitors Bureau, has been phenomenal um, supporters of yeah. what we do. They are the ones who nominated us for this award. Oh, um, so they seen have seen all the things that we've been trying to do. Yeah, for the city and the positive effect that it's, you know, made. Um, so <clears throat> that's been a great partnership that we've been able to form with them. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool award. It was great to take that back to the employees too. <clears throat> yeah. So I've got. A lot of folks, excuse me, that have worked for us for several years um, that have, you know, come back every year. <clears throat> they stick it out because they love the vision. Yeah. They love what we're trying to do. Um, and, and that's a sign of a healthy stopping. business, too. Like, you go to a restaurant and you see the same waitress, like, oh, she's been here for five, six years now. Well, they must they must treat their people okay or at least, you know, have, have a product that people can get behind, you know? Yeah. Yep. And, yeah, I've seen the same people at uh, at your place now for – I don't know. Do you have people that have been there since the beginning still? Not the first year, no. Um, but we have <clears throat> we've got a couple people that have been about five. This will be their fifth year. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, it's tough. That's, that is one of the challenges with this business is mm. the more we want to grow, the more options we want to put on the um, put out there for customers, the more employees we need. Um, because it's seasonal, you can't guarantee your, your employees coming back because, I mean, we have a lot of college kids. Right, are use it as a great summertime job, mm-hmm. which is perfect for that. You have others that are trying to grow their career, maybe um, in other ways, and this job just kind of fits for them for a summer or two. Yeah, but then you have some that uh, really, again, just love what we're trying to put together here mm-hmm. and want to do some of their own um, small business endeavors eventually, and this works for them to work with me every summer. Yeah, and you need that because you have to have experienced employees coming back every year that can just jump right into the system. Yeah. You they don't want to spend a, the first two weeks of every year training everybody, everything over again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, we, we, you know, our employees that take phone calls, we've got to know where all the landings are, where all the trips are, how long is every trip? Mm-hmm. Um, what, to, how to answer the request for large group trips or small trips, or can I bring my own boat? Yeah. yeah. You can bring your own boat. And they're always pretty this. sharp with it too. Yeah. Anytime I have called, they, they usually know what's going on mm-hmm. at all times, or it, it takes them a couple seconds to figure it out. Yep. Um, and, you know, we've been talking a little bit about, you know, your business and how it's been expanding too. But talk about that for, you know, um, I think a lot of people are interested in the how you start a business, but not just how you start it, because anybody just about can start a business. But actually mm-hmm. growing it, how do you how do you know when it's time to expand when it's time to get more employees because yeah you yeah. got money coming in but all that means more money going out too so what's right the philosophy how do you kind of find that the philosophy nate and i really started with was um with the initial money put down to get the to get the boats and a little bit of extra equipment um uh was all right we're not gonna we're not gonna start renting boats and then take the money from that and put it in our pockets yeah what we're doing initially certainly want to pay ourselves a little something just to live Right, but, right, right. Um, what we're doing is the focus is reinvest it, reinvest it. So 
once we started renting all those um, initial boats out that we had, two weeks in, we were already back at the store buying more boats. Mm-hmm. So once it was just basically, all right, if we're running through these boats consistently on these weekend days and we're maxed out and we've done what we can do, well, then, yeah, I guess we should probably buy more boats because it's working. And then eventually it was, we need another trailer. And it was like, we need another shuttle, you know. Um, so we just reinvested what we were earning back into the business right. as the business was demanding um, I mean, that, that we do um, because the the the, uh, the customers were there. Um, so we just we just slowly um, let the business tell us, dictate to us whether it was going to grow or not right. instead yeah. of just buying everything all at once. You know, um, we just reinvested, reinvested, reinvested. Um, Have you then, at any point had to be like, okay, we want to do these things, but we got to pull back a little bit because all the time we don't have a the time or b the resources all or the time. whatever. I've got ideas every day running through this head of mine. Yeah, that it's like this would be so cool. We could do this, we could do this and this, and then it's like, well, all right, got to have a little patience. Yeah, because sometimes a big awesome idea when you're forced to have to have patience to not go through with it because a you might not really have the capital at the time mm-hmm. or b might just not logistically make sense at the time mm-hmm. sometimes those big ideas after you wait a little while you realize the kinks and the flaws right <laughs> in said idea so that can actually be a be a help um but uh yeah i um uh, where was i going with that <laughs> <laughs> when you know when you gotta <laughs> when you know when you gotta pump the brakes and not expand too much yeah 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 um so yeah, I, I've always got a lot of ideas. Um, you know, what what other kind of boats can we rent that is just a little different than a kayak or a canoe? And yeah. is it feasible to do this? We've talked about renting fishing boats, but to do that we kind of need a real dock system to put the boats mm-hmm. you know, um on the water and make it make sense logistically. You know, so there's some different Ideas like that. Um, yeah, because the know, thing expanding. that you guys use for the kayaks to put them in, mm-hmm. I don't really know how to describe it to somebody that hasn't seen one before, but like it's basically this long thing with rollers. You put the kayak on that, the person gets yeah. in, and then you just kind of roll them right into the water. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are the easy launch kayak, canoe and kayak adapts. Yeah, but for right. this, you'd have to have more like a, almost like a marina setup to do something like that. Yeah, to have, you know, a bunch of fishing boats and – yeah. Um, kind of have to have some little boat slips or something mm-hmm. unless you want to literally take the boat out of the water every yeah. single time someone wants to rent one. Um, so, you know, but, but there's other ideas of expanding, you know, uh, going, moving further down river and offering trips in other towns and cities. And there's that whole idea because this is working so well here, but at the same time, the focus is really growing the, the water recreation scene in the greater Lansing area. Yeah. Um, and that's really the focus. So, you know, you go to the philosophy, don't spread out too much, focus yeah. on what you can do well with where you're at. Um, so um, that's also kind of part of the the angle and the approach that we've kind of stuck with. But at the same time, we really do want to, I want to expand, you know. Yeah. I want to get, I want to come out to Grand Rapids and, and rent boats. You know? Yeah. Um, so uh, there's so much water around Grand Rapids to explore, you know. Right. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta pull back sometimes in some of the ideas you have, but at at the same time, every year, the more you work at what you're trying to do, the more doors that will open. Um, you know, uh, part of my mission starting the business was 
getting involved with the river groups, getting involved with um, clean water and initiatives and so on and so forth, really being a steward of the water, of the rivers, of the parks, um, and being that example. Because yeah. it's like we have to be that example. Um, so, you know, I, I uh, became a board member of the Middle Grand River Organization of Watersheds. Um, I'm on the board of the Friends of the Lansing Regional Trails. We got a newly started, um, constituted, officially constituted group called the Friends of the Red Cedar River. I serve on that um, committee. Um, and then I try to stay in constant contact with Parks and Recreation, trying to let them know what's going on on the, the river trail and on the rivers um, and being a source of information for them. Because Parks Department, about the same time we started our business, their focus started to become a little bit more on the blueways. Mm-hmm. We've got a vast, expansive um, river trail system in the greater Lansing area. Um, but the waterways had always been kind of underutilized. You're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I just get my eyes water. Um, and uh, so us coming onto the river, we became the voice for them. Uh-huh. Like this is what we're seeing. These are the obstacles. These are the safety hazards. These are where we could see more access points. And then as the momentum gains year after year, now all of a sudden the city's applying for DNR grants to get use matching funds to put in new kayak canoe launches hmm. to improve access points here. The Middle Grand River Organization of Watersheds has now become has got the Middle Grand River to be a designated water trail sanctioned by the DNR. Um so um, from that we can utilize that status to potentially get more grants yeah. to improve informational signage at kayak launches to um uh, to improving um waterway cleanliness, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I started the Lansing Earth Project, which is a, a – uh, Oh, you actually started that? Yeah. It, it was my, my creation. Uh, the Lansing Earth Project, it's a uh, river, park, and trail cleanup project. It's a, it's a never-ending project. We host, organize about 15 cleanups every year. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I remember the first couple that you guys did. Was that – did that kind of inspire this? That inspired the project. I yeah. know when, when you guys first started the business, you were trying to get anybody that could come help. Pull out garbage, yeah. help clear stuff, just, you know, branches and whatever else too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was a big, it was a big thing, you know, um, in talking about one of the challenges with this business and starting this business and one of the reasons why you think maybe it won't work. And I think the reason why we had a lot of doubters yeah. was in the Lansing area, it's an, an urban densely urban area. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of storm drains running into the river. Mm-hmm. So you get debris. There's just inorganic material and trash that builds up yeah. in the river. And if people aren't taking care of it, it'll get worse and worse and worse. Right. So you've got this perception issue now of is there dirty is the Grand River a dirty and nasty river that I would never want to go in and touch? Yeah. And you probably had oh, people ask you that like uh, yeah, the, I mean, is it clean? Can we go yeah, in there? Still get the question to this day. And I understand. Yeah. Um, but what we're doing year year in and year out is continuing to shift that perception. Um, and one of these ways is by getting out there and cleaning up these riverbanks um, and staying on top of any debris and trash that will flow into the river after heavy rainfalls and stuff like that. Um, specifically in the Lansing area where typically you have more problems um, with that. Um, and when people are now kayaking, comparing it now to 2014, mm-hmm. 2014 you'd go down the river in Lansing 
you'd see a couch up in the riverbank. You'd see a mattress <laughs> over here. Yeah, yeah. They'd pull out treadmills and TVs and Ugh. bikes, you know, stuff that's just been there for years. Sorry. Stuff that's <laughs> just been there for years. No one's paying attention to it. Yeah. No one's really doing anything about it. Right. So we started getting that big bulky stuff out of the river. Yeah. And then now what we're doing, dealing with is more just surface garbage and trash that's flowing in, um, not stuff that's been sitting there for years. Right. So you can kayak the river now and see minimal, minimal trash and debris. Yeah. Um, in, in the downtown area, um, versus 2014, you'd see all kinds of weird stuff floating down, you know, yeah. as you're floating down the river. Trash bags blown in tree branches. And, yeah. yeah. So we're shifting the perception now because we're really doing something positive yeah. through these cleanup efforts and getting grant funding to buy more materials and tools needed to continue to attack trash issues on the river. Yeah. So, um, the more we do that, the better it's going to get. And I see that year in and year out. Okay. I want to circle back around to a couple things that we talked about just now. Mm-hmm. But I want to go back too because for anybody who's listening to this for, you know, um, uh, the educational purposes of like possibly starting their own business. I don't want to gloss over the fact that for the first, would you say, two years, you basically worked your ass off. Like didn't take maybe one or two days off for mm-hmm. the entire season. Mm-hmm. You and Nate both. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember you guys yeah. both lost a ton of weight. You were both sunburned. Oh, yeah. I was like, uh, can you guys keep doing it like this? You're like, well, <laughs> hopefully we won't have to. But I was like, man, these guys are yeah. running themselves ragged. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if you want to speak to like how much actual work goes into just making it happen from the right. get-go. Yeah, I mean, the first, first uh, <clears throat> couple years were – a lot more physically demanding for Nate and I because we were the employees. Mm-hmm. You know, we eventually had hired hired a few people as um, the business group, mm-hmm. um, but we were the one picking up the boats at the end of the night, re-racking them on the trailers. First couple of years, I took all of my boats back to my house mm-hmm. and we stored them in my backyard and <laughs> right. up my driveway. Yeah. So every morning we'd have to, you know, get the boats and on the trailers and get them all the way back downtown, which wasn't too far of a drive from my house, but still yeah. there was just a lot more involved in the process. Whereas now you've got a now full we have a, setup where you can lock everything we've up got at night. Stored downtown there. Yeah. Lock the office easier. and go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was demanding because if we wanted to be there, I think our first two years we were closed on Mondays um, just to give ourselves one day of reprieve. Right. But then, you know, people started, calling us and wanted to kayak on Monday. Like people with their, have, have days off that don't work the normal Monday through Friday, nine to five. Yeah. yeah. They've got people coming in to visit um, Michigan state university for various programming um, options through the summertime. You've got a lot of state workers that are temp workers that, um, that come in, they're living in Lansing um, for a, a short stay that uh, you know, there's just a lot of people that were doing things, not just on the weekend as yeah. we realized. So then we said, well, we need to be seven day a week operation. So then we're seven days a week. And then all of a sudden, all right, Nate, you take this one day off. I'll cover this day, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, still to this day, we're not, I don't have to go down there and physically, uh, schlep the boats as much as I used to, because we have more employees now. However, um, my focus is, is shifted on growing the business and managing it from a higher level. Um, and that still certainly is time consuming. I mean, the summertime, yeah, it's still every day. Yeah. I mean, it, well, it doesn't, doesn't turn off. All the branching out too, because it started, like you said, a couple kayaks, a couple canoes. 
Mm-hmm. You got bikes now. You got stand-up paddle boards. Yep. You've got the riverboat, and we're going to come back to that too. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it's definitely definitely blew up and yeah. became a, a much bigger thing than when it started. Yep. Um. But I want to talk a little bit about how important um like collaboration has been for you because I know you do a lot of things. You've done stuff with did you guys do stuff with Big B? We've done um a couple of cleanups with their corporate office. Yeah. Okay. They came out and did some uh, so, river cleanups with so us. So Big yep. B came out and did some stuff with mm-hmm. that. You guys do uh ores and ales, ores every, and ales. every year with Lansing Brewing Company. Yep. So how do you go out and make those kind of connections? And also too, like the 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 boards that you're on and the I want to come back and spend a little bit more time specifically talking about starting that organization, the Lansing Earth Project. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> yeah, do you reach out to people? Do they reach out to you? Is it a little bit of both? How do you go yeah. about handling you know those new relationships? Part of my philosophy with small business, especially and with what we're doing, um, is finding ways to collaborate with other small businesses. If you do that, then you can support each other, and you've got two um, marketing arms. Yeah, you know, reaching customers, you know, Um, and it made sense for us. We got the Lansing Brewing Company right across the street, across Cedar Street from where we're located downtown. And, you know, I wanted to find a way to do something more fun on the river. That's an interactive uh, experience, not just floating. Right. Um, So we, uh, I I approached Lansing Brewing Company and said, hey, I've got this cool idea. We're going to do river games on the river. We can pick all your people up. You can pick everyone up from the Lansing Brewing Company. We can take them up river. They can float down, and we're going to have different games on the river they can play. And then we'll have like a little taco stand or something at the boat launch. Yeah, when they're coming down river, they can get a taco. And if people were interested uh, to know, you can drink while you're on the river too. Yes, just you know, don't don't put yourself in a dangerous position. Don't litter that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it, exactly. it would be really nice too because I've helped you uh, and your crew at the end of the day. It's really nice when people take their cigarette butts and their empties out of their boats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst thing. But yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so anyway, yeah, I decided let me let me go t- talk to the brewing company here because they do such a great job with marketing. They've got a great brand. They're Lansing Brewing Company. You know, we're yeah. doing the thing in the river in Lansing. Um, th- why wouldn't we collaborate on something here, right? So um, they thought it was an awesome idea. They love doing events. And hosting events um, at their brewery, so yeah. um, the Ores and Ales uh, kicked off. We did three or two of them in our first year that we did Ores and Ales, um, about a hundred people per um, per event, um, and you, you you sign up um, ahead of time, and you pay your fifty bucks. Then on the day of for your time slot, you show up at the brewing company. You get a big crowler of beer of your your choosing, your flavor, can of beer. Uh, you get your oars and ales t-shirt and mm-hmm. then we have like usually sunglasses or some other type of swag that you get with it. And then Rivertown Adventures takes you from Lansing Brewing Company up to the Red Cedar River where you paddle back down to the city market for about two hours. And then along the way, we'll have different games set up. One was like a uh, disc golf basket on a paddleboard. Yeah. And you try to throw your discs in it. Um, there's another game called... Uh, fling a thing through a ring and we hang these big hula hoops down from a bridge and you got to fling these balls that are on strings. Uh, yeah. If anybody wants to, uh, you can find my Instagram and there's a picture of me playing that game. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. For sure. And then the DJ boat, uh, the DJ river boat. (laughs) So we'll have a floating, a little floating boat 
with a big speaker on it, and we'll be floating up, cruising up and down river. And as um, participants are floating down river, they can request songs and jam out to a couple songs as they're hanging out in the water, drinking their beer. And there was hot dogs involved too in the last one, wasn't there? Um, yeah, hot dogs so or tacos. It was or? tacos. tacos. Yep. yep. So there's the boat launch a little further down river that uh, we would have. Well, we'd have Moose Jaw. They were the sponsor of it too. Nice. And they'd be out there uh, passing out tacos. Um, so everyone gets a little hungry towards the end of their trip. So that worked out real nice. So it was just a different way to go down the same section of the river, but have some sort of interactive element. Yeah. And you're also part of Lansing Brewing Company and you're drinking their beer and, you know, we're doing our thing. So that was a cool collaboration there for sure. Um, we, uh, we teamed up with, um, Keys to Creativity. They're a, a local nonprofit art, um, nonprofit sports local artist. And a couple of years ago, we had the, they were doing a Summer of Love, um, a bunch of events focused on the anniversary of the Summer of Love. Yeah. Um, and so I can't, I think he, the, the gentleman that was in charge of it approached me and said, Hey, can we do some kind of float on the river thing? And so we came up with something called the Peace Paddle and everyone got a tie dye t shirt and huh. it was the uh, Summer of Love Peace Paddle. And we gave people <clears throat> decorating kits to put, little fake flowers and stuff all over their boats yeah, and uh, float down the river. And we also had a floating DJ for that too, playing music of the sixties. Um, and, uh, and everyone's just kind of dressed up like hippies and we're right. just floating down the river on the Sunday afternoon. Um, that was a really fun event, but that was a, you know, a fundraiser event for, for the local arts. Um, so we've done some stuff like that. Um, and yeah, it's always trying to like when you're getting ready to, pitch an idea like that to somebody obviously like you want to find somebody when you're looking for that win-win situation to work with someone where it makes sense for some reason right like you guys are a, a kayak business they're a beer company but you're right next to each other they do the events it it makes sense mm-hmm. is there is there anything in particular you look for when you're like oh i want to do something like this i'm going to ask these guys or like how do you kind of go about finding the right people to work with. And then also yeah. how do you extend that invitation to, yeah. to collaborate? I think originally when starting to think of events originally, it was more what kind of fun stuff can we do and who wants yeah. to do fun stuff with me? Right. You know, now it, it's shifting a little bit more to, okay, we can do fun stuff, mm-hmm. understanding a little bit more on how to do it. Let's really figure out how to make money <laughs> <laughs> um, doing the fun stuff. Right. Um, and uh, so then it becomes more, okay, now, yeah, picking and choosing a little more closely who you might collaborate with, what advantages can this business or person um, or nonprofit do to help us get people in boats? Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, how much of a marketing arm, marketing reach do they have if we collaborate with them? How many more people are going to see our business collaborating with these people versus these, you know? So now I started to look at those things when trying to think of new events uh, to do on the river, um, or along the trails and, st- and things like that. Okay. I want to talk to, um, sorry, I'll get right up next to it. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk to you about, uh, the river boat that you guys have got now mm-hmm. because it's a, it's like a two story open air up top, mm-hmm. basically party boat, reception boat, uh, event hosting type of thing, right? Well, you yeah. go ahead and explain it. Yeah. So the just a little background on the the riverboat itself in Lansing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a awesome business called Jake and K Steamboats. 
and um, Chris Chamberlain uh, runs the business. His father started it, John Chamberlain, um, back in the 70s, 80s. Mm-hmm. And they have been operating the Michigan Princess, which is a big three-story riverboat um, on the upper portion of the Grand River in Lansing um, that's been cruising. And he's also had a smaller boat called the Grand Princess, the one you were just referring to, mm-hmm. that has been in Grand Ledge for the better part of 10 years. Last year, he moved that boat to downtown. We uh, got hooked up through a few people and decided to do some collaboration together. Um, I had been wanting to find a way to do some sort of riverboat ride in downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, not wasn't really sure what path. It was one of those one of those big ideas, you know, that I had years ago. Like, how do we do this? But I don't really have the means to do it. But I know right. it could be sweet. So. Chris and I were talking last year, um, last winter, about maybe doing a new build of a boat that he could kind of build and put together. But then as time got went on, he was like, well, I've got this Grand Princess Riverboat in Grand Ledge. I get some bookings, but if we move this one to downtown, it could work down there. We could book this thing out you know, a lot more, and people would love it. Yeah. It would be a great showcase for downtown as we're trying to do all these things on the river. Right. So, yeah, so the Grand Princess, it's a double-decker. Um, the top deck is just open air. It's got a nice balcony railing around the top deck. Um, and, uh, it holds, it can hold 140 people if you pack it yeah. tight, but really 100 people is probably about the max between the two levels. Cause you also might have a little bar on board or yeah. some food and catering and stuff like that. But yeah, so we rent that out for private, uh, private parties. Um, we will also hold some events where you can just buy a ticket and, take a, an afternoon cruise on the boat through downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're doing some different things with that. This is our second season. Last year was very much trial and error year. Um, yeah, and I remember watching uh, some of the some of the guys getting trained to drive that thing. It's yeah, it's kind of impressive it's, to, to yeah, see that 75 feet down long. The River. It's, it's a pretty big <laughs> boat Yeah, when you're not used to seeing it downtown. And, you know, the river is not, you know, it's not super wide yeah. down there. So turning that thing, you know, you've, you have got uh, a little bit of clearance on the other side of the boat when you're, turning that thing around downtown, but it, it, it worked out really nice last year. People are excited about it. Um, we're already getting phone calls to, uh, book it out for this year. Um, and again, it's a great showpiece for downtown. Um, and so really excited to continue to, to bring a lot of fun, you know, on the riverboat side of things. One of the, the things that I realized, um, you know, through the years of doing the canoe and kayak rentals is there are a lot of people that want to experience the water. Mm-hmm. But kayaking and canoeing is just not right for them. Yeah. Either they just don't like being that close to the water. Well, you get a lot of people that physically do it and they are can't still do apprehensive it. about it. Like, yeah, sure. Oh, is this safe? Yeah. I, are you sure I can do this? Or it's a family right. with a lot of kids and getting all the kids in little boats and stuff. Yeah. You, you know, it's not really necessarily doesn't feel like the safest thing to some people. So having a riverboat option where we can get those people now on the river and experience that. So, yeah. you know, our demographic of customers ranges – now, any with having the riverboat anywhere from a, chi- a very small child up to you know 100 plus years old, you know, any, yeah. anyone can experience something on the, the waterways in Lansing downtown now, yeah. Um, and so that's another reason why this riverboat is so important to the experience of downtown, yeah, because that extends <clears throat> that to everybody, exactly. Yep, yep. So that's going to be big for us this year. Um, we're really excited about it. Uh, you can find information about the Grand Princess on our website at rivertownadventures.com. Um, and uh, we'll be updating that our website here for the upcoming season over throughout the month of uh, March. And then in April, we'll have some new special events that we're going to announce 
for the season uh, with the riverboat and with kayaking as well. Um, the other thing we're introducing to go along with the riverboat this year that I'm really excited about is our water taxi concept. Um, our focus is to get a smaller boat or two. Mm-hmm. We want to we want to do electric, um, electric motor. So that's the focus. But what we want to do is be able to have um, a water taxi that could take people from Old Town, which yeah. is downriver, right, um, to the downtown area, mm-hmm. to the boat launch at Cherry Hill Park, and eventually upriver to Rio Town, which is another um, up and coming um, fun area, fun um neighborhood in Lansing that's also connected to the river. Yeah. And also this this boat could take you all the way up to Potter Park Zoo. Um essentially too. So um what we're doing now this year is to try to get these boats so we can create more destination points on the river. And so we we're gonna come out with this concept of let's just take a Friday or Saturday night in Lansing mm-hmm. and you want to have a night out in the town with your friends and you want to do something different. You want to do some bar hopping um or go to a, a restaurant and then maybe Hop on the water taxi and let that take you from old town to downtown to get off there and go to the brewing company. Yeah. You know, have a beer, hop back on, maybe go up to Rio Town, get off there, go to one of the few bars that they have there. Yeah. Um, and uh, really use the river as um, a, a way to commute from town to town to town. Right. Um, that without like having a fun to drive. Idea. So you want to do that. There are a lot of events through the summertime at Adato Riverfront Park and the Blues and Jazz Fest in, in old town and, um, there's some other festivals in Rio town. Um, oh, I was going to ask too, do you guys still, um, are, are you still planning on taking the, the riverboat and doing, uh, um, some of the festivals on the side of the river there? Um, yeah, I mean, there are some festivals that we can work with. Yeah. Um, and the riverboat provides an extra opportunity for something for the festival to have, you know, yeah. um, for their their patrons because you've got the riverfront park right there right in downtown it's where the common ground music fest has always been held for the last 20 plus years mm-hmm. um you've got the the powwow that comes every year you've got several other festivals that happen along that park there um we've got the fourth of july is a huge day downtown with oh, the fireworks yeah. and watching the fireworks from i still haven't the been there for a fourth of july on the river i want to do that this year yeah um so uh there will become more and more events downtown that having a riverboat down there only helps with the experience. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, last year, the Community Foundation um, had raised uh, a bunch of money through some private donors and corporations to build this brand new $1.2 million park along the river trail right downtown, pretty much where we're located. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this little fun beach area now. There's a lighted, call it a lighted forest with LED lights at night when you're walking down the pathway. Um, you've got new seating, new stairs that step down to the river with a nice overlooks. Um, really beautiful park. Very, very well done. Um, but that is going to basically be another destination place where more events can be held. Right. Um, and so the more that we can get programming downtown there where the kayaks are and the, and the riverboat can you know, roam around, yeah. um, the more exciting we can make Lansing in the summertime, mm-hmm. in the spring, spring, summer and fall, really. Um, so yeah, we're, we're excited to, you know, continue to work on this process and working with Chris Chamberlain with JNK Steamboats has been really fun. Yeah. And we've got, um, we've got quite a vision for where we want to take things, you know, in the coming years. So it's one step at a time. Yeah. I'm amazed how far it's gone already. So yeah. Yeah. 
Same here. And it just snowballs and things get bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. It's fun to watch. Yep. Um, all right. I think we're moving towards the end of this, but um, before we start wrapping up completely, I just want to make sure that <clears throat> I don't misconstrue anything and that we didn't miss anything. So some of the things that I've kind of learned today from the perspective of, you know, so you're thinking of starting a small business. Here are some things to keep in mind. Um, a, you know, don't just jump into something, find something that actually works for you and that you like to do. Look for people that you can collaborate with and, you know, you can both boost each other up with the win-win. Um, you got to work hard. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's no, there's really no way around that. Just putting mm-hmm. in the elbow grease at the beginning, is there? Mm-mm. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, um, it, it never, you know, it'll never stop, but, <laughs> you know, but right. that's, that's why you got to really enjoy it. Yeah. You know, or else it'll be like for me when I was at Kroger, I worked, worked my butt off. Yeah. I got paid pretty good. Um, but I didn't like it. Yeah. I started to hate it. You punch the clock that and was immediately enough. start waiting for the day to be over. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are some other big things that you would recommend to somebody? Like maybe even in the case of, I learned the best by, by failing at things. And I think a lot of people are kind of worried about failing. But like you kind of have to embrace that too. What are some things that you learned along the way? And then also, what were some things that happened while you were putting this business together that you were like, whoa, I did not see that coming? Something that maybe somebody can Um, learn from some of uh, your experiences getting this off the ground. Yeah, I think, you know, a big part of getting it going was me having Nate, Nate having me to um, create the business together. Yeah. So it was almost like we're each each other's safety net. Mm-hmm. If we're not really sure what decision to make on one thing, I might have an opinion or he might be a little more knowledgeable with, you know, one said subject and I might be with another. And from there, we were able to, I think it made it a little stronger, a little easier yeah. to go forward. If I had just done it or Nate had just done it just by ourselves, um, it would have been a little trickier, a little hairier, a, little, a lot scarier yeah, for sure. Um, I still think it would have been successful. Um, and we would have seen some of the successes, but, um, there might've been even a harder, more of a burnout factor too. If right. we didn't have each other, um, to guide each other as we were both yeah. learning this process, neither of us had, had ever owned a, a small business right. before. Um, so yeah, I mean, as you're going along, you're really learning, you can think of the different things you need to do. Like, all right, we want to make sure we're doing everything right. We got to, you know. We got uh, employee taxes and in payroll and insurance and uh, workers comp insurance and right. um, a waiver form that people need to sign and you know all these things start to come up. It's like it's not just like here, give me a ten dollar bill and here's your boat. Yeah, there's a lot more behind it, and so um, it's just a process of trying to understand it as you go and try to learn it as you go. Yeah, and as you grow, some people come into small business with uh, an entire background on, you know, uh, of marketing or um, an entire background in you know um, administrative type duties. Yeah, um, or an entire background in knowing the industry of kayaking. I mean, Nate and I kind of came in as posers, <laughs> like we were just little recreation dudes wanting to float in the river. Yeah, where there's this whole you know industry of professionals. Right. Um, paddling, paddle sport professionals that, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff we just, we didn't even know. Um, 
probably one of the things that Nate and I like to always bring up with people is, which, which is kind of funny, is this could have went south really fast, really quick. When we were trying to figure out what kayaks to buy, uh-huh. there are several different options on the market, and we're talking about you know your recreation ten and a half foot plastic boats, right? And we stumbled across this great great deal at Menards of all places that were yeah. selling these really cool boats, with two cup holders, a little wider. They looked comfortable, you know, bright colors. We're like, all right, let's let's do these. And then there's also like another brand like Pelican Boats. And there's such a difference in someone getting in the boat that we have that doesn't have much experience because it's a wider boat. It's a little more stable. So if you're just kind of floating, you can stay up more. The boat, when we were talking about you flipping your kayak, <laughs> yeah. those boats were... Um, Quit hitting the microphone. Yeah, sorry. Jeez. Thank you. Nice sound here. Um, those boats were uh, didn't have as wide of a hull and much more easy to tip. Yeah. Um, and so we just kind of stumbled upon the right boat for the type of river that we're working with, just kind of yeah. a floating type of river. Yeah, I can imagine um, what a headache it would be if you had to like return a small we, fleet of boats. Yeah, <laughs> if we had gotten, if we had bought a, a bunch of boats that were just a little more narrow, had a little more of a, a tip effect. Yeah, yeah. Where you needed your customer to have a little bit more experience, really. Right. Um, you know, we would have been having people tip all the time uh, versus our tip ratio or tip rate. You know, it's pretty yeah. good with these boats. So we just kind of happened to stumble upon the right boat that just seemed to work, and we kept getting good deals to buy more of these same boats. Yeah. Um, going into it, we didn't really have a clue. I mean, we were looking at all different kinds of boats to buy. We yeah. just didn't really have a a clue, you know. And so we could have chose the wrong. We could have chose a bunch of boats that ended up being the wrong boat right off the bat, and we avoided that. <laughs> so yeah, just by the luck of the draw. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I think with any success, you got to have a little bit of luck too. Yeah. I mean, you got to prepare. You got to work for it, but. Yeah, I'm sure luck plays into it. I mean, well, you guys got um, some some free press from uh, somebody on the radio, came down, got in one of your boats, and then started talking about it on the radio. Oh uh, yeah, just past summer, yeah. um, Michigan uh, Michigan Public Radio. Yeah, so, um, they did a piece on storm drain um, sewer separation uh-huh. projects and st- storm drain overflow issues, um, because you know we had a lot in a lot of areas in michigan last june with all the rain that we had yeah yeah. we had a lot of cities that were their 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 uh sewer overflow system uh was essentially there's too much storm water trying to push through the storm drains that would um and then that was filling up in the sewer um drains there's so much extra water going into those because of all the rain we were having that the the sewer water was overflowing into the storm drain mm. and then so sewage was going into the river um Lovely. and this was happening in, in many many areas yeah um but um so it kind of became this this issue this topic and it's just like yeah that's great we gotta we need to talk we need to talk about this problem lansing has got to finish their storm sewer separation project so you don't have overflow issues like this we don't get sewage in the, in the river yeah. um and so he came out and wanted to kind of understand a little bit more about um, what are we doing, what can people do to to help protect the waterways, you know, what type of policies need to be in place um, to further advance progress. Um, one cool thing that Grand Rapids has done 
um, is they have completed their entire sewer separation or sewer overflow project. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of their storm drains are disconnected from their sewer drains. So they won't have overflow issues. They won't have raw sewage flowing into the Grand River. Which is a good thing. Which is a good thing. <laughs> Versus Lansing got about 30% through the project. And then through funding and cuts and stuff like that, had to stop the project. Oh, boy. Um, so there are some municipalities that struggle getting the project complete. And there are some that have been prime examples, like Grand Rapids. Yeah. Um, but, you know, keeping in mind, when, when there are sewer overflow issues, it's when we have super heavy rainfall events. And generally, anything that goes in the river, it's going to flush away. Yeah. So you might have higher bacteria levels for 24, 48 hours. Yeah. Um, depending on the, how much rainfall we got. Um, and then usually, you know, it washes away, it dissipates. It's not yeah. like it sits there and just lingers. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. But, um, makes it to Lake Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what was I going to ask you too? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the stuff that you do with, the um, the Lansing earth project, I'm I'm always curious when someone says I started a charity or a foundation like mm-hmm. what's the what's the what's the process of actually starting that kind of thing? Um so yes, yeah, so the Lansing Earth Project, um the inspiration w- behind it was let's use the community, let's mm-hmm. use volunteers that love our parks and our trails and our rivers. Let's give them a platform, a really easy platform to volunteer their time to pick up trash and debris along our trails in our parks and, and on the waterways. Um, and by doing that, we are fulfilling my initiative of wanting to be a good environmental steward of the places that we live yeah. and I'm operating a business on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, we just started doing cleanup projects in general, just small projects, um, here and there. And then I said, you know, we need to create a real brand for this because, we can raise money and get all the tools we need. We've got the backing of the parks department, the CVB, and we've got all of this working for us. Let's raise money. Let's get the tools, let's get the equipment. Let's make this a real thing. Yeah. Um, and then we can have corporations come out with their groups of people and do massive cleanups. So what's, we can what's, stay on top of it, what's so. first things first? Do you start a website? Do you have to go register uh, so like a nonprofit what, somewhere? This, or? this is what I did. So yeah, in order to, really be a fundraising entity mm-hmm. or seek grant funding. You really need to be a nonprofit 501 C3. Um, generally speaking, I approached the middle grand river organization of watersheds, uh, which I'm now serving on their, uh, I serve on their board now. And cause they are all about protecting, preserving our watershed. And I said, Hey, I've got this great project. They knew me with the, the kayak rentals. I've got the boats and the trailers I can transport people, pull up and down river. Yeah. We need tools, we need supplies. Can we take the Lansing Earth Project and make that a committee, a subcommittee under MGRO's umbrella? So essentially, Lansing Earth Project was adopted by the Middle Grand River Organization of Watersheds. And through that, we can apply for grants because they're uh-huh. an official nonprofit. So we basically are a Lansing Earth Project is a committee, a subcommittee project of the Grand River Organization of Watersheds. So that's your brainchild that was kind of born out of some of the other relationships you had already made. Yeah. Yeah. You start to see how things can kind of piece together. Yeah. And start working, you know, working with different uh, entities and focusing on ideas. All right. Well, 
We've been at it a little over an hour. Um, If you had any parting advice for someone who wanted to start a small business, they're just kind of, ah, they just, they haven't got that push to do it yet. Uh What's your, uh, what's your advice and, uh, and your outlook for someone like that? I would say as much as you're always going to want to, to rush it and do it and get it going. Yeah. Be patient with your idea. Um, be patient with the process and, um, you know, always make sure that you're always ready to give it a hundred percent because if it's just an idea and you get into thinking about it more, you'd be like, oh, I'd be cool to have the business. I don't really want to run the business. Do the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it's probably not right. Yeah. So yeah. And, and just do your diligence on researching what it is you're trying to create and yeah. focus on, on, on the creation and the vision and execute your plan. You've got to execute your plan. Anything uh, for maybe somebody who's already kind of in that area and just started as far as um, networking, uh, marketing, getting your name out there? Um, so like how to, how to really do that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once say you've got a business, but nobody knows about it. How? Yeah. What? Yeah. What I mean, certainly there are a lot of, a uh, lot of ways to, to go about that. Um, you know, the way we started was word of mouth mm-hmm. um, and just people seeing us on the river. It was yeah. kind of organically crafted. And then through Facebook and social media, we gain more steam. We didn't put a bunch of money into advertising. Right. Um, uh, but you know, digital marketing, I mean, is certainly the way to go. Um, you can reach a lot more viewers, um, through so, that process than I, than I think of bill. Now, you know, billboard you like people pop up and, ads type things or like, um, I haven't, I haven't done a lot of YouTube of, video or how, I'm, what do you mean? I'm doing a little more of that this year. I haven't done a lot of that in the past. Uh-huh. Um, honestly, for these first six years, it's, been heavily relied on uh, uh just getting like little radio spots here and there uh-huh. um our our social media our facebook our website um and just driving people to our website so they can just understand who we are yeah. and what we're doing i haven't spent any money on major radio ads or billboards or tv or anything like that yeah um it's been a little more grassroots um cuz again we're a seasonal business yeah. so when you spend the money when you spend those marketing dollars you got to capture it all like right now yeah. Because once October hits, November, December, January, people kind of are going to forget about it. Yeah. Going to forget about my business because it's so seasonal. So you got to be careful on how you spend those dollars. Right. Uh, that's something I've I've realized. Yeah. So, yeah, just got to go out and market it and hawk it the way you think's best for your business. Yeah. Well, cool. I don't know. Jason, my trusty producer. You're a you're a bit of an entrepreneur and a businessman. You're always looking for a good side hustle. You got any uh, you got any questions for a successful small business owner? Not really. I'm interested to pick his brain after the podcast to talk about some things, some ideas that popped in my head when he was talking about growing a business. I perked up a little bit. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, cool, Paul. Thanks for coming in. Uh, before I let you go, tell people where they can find you, where they can find your business, and anything else that's coming up. Uh, New this year or any events that you got going on? Okay, yeah. Look for us. Uh, RivertownAdventures.com is the website. You can find us on Facebook at Rivertown Adventures. Um, also on Instagram. Um, we are located in downtown Lansing. We've got a spot right behind the Lansing Convention Center near the old city market building at Rotary Park. Um, that's where you can rent a boat. We're also working on a second location within Lansing um, to do a potential little uh, – uh, food garden, food truck deal um, near the park, which is something we're working on now. We'll have more announcements uh, shortly. And then uh, we have a lot of special events through the summer. 
You can check out our Facebook page and our website for all of the special events that we'll have planned. Um, and we'll really be um, starting to broadcast those events uh, sometime in April. Um, so we've got anything from kayaking on the river on the 4th of July and watching the fireworks from the river in a boat um, to our Oars and Nails event with the Lansing Brewing Company um, to our doggy days, um, dog pa- doggy paddle days. We're going to do a, a big thing with, with dogs and on the river boat and paddling boats and stuff like that. Um, and then a lot of other fun stuff too. And if you want to get involved in the Lansing Earth Project and organize a group of people to come help us clean the park trailer river, or you just want to sign up for one of the, the many events that you can just show up to by yourself um, or with a friend, um, that information is also available at RivertownAdventures.com under the Lansing Earth Project. And the L- Lansing Earth Project also has a Facebook page, Lansing Earth Project. So um, you can find all the information there. The riverboat, uh, a lot of big things happening there. So you can experience the waterways in Lansing if you want to, either they're on a boat or in a kayak or a canoe. We've got it for you. Lansing's ready to host you and your party and your event. Um, a lot of great things happening at the capital city. There you go, folks. You can make it into Lansing. Go check out Rivertown Adventures. If you're there for Michigan State stuff, if you're there for a big event going downtown, you live in the area, you're looking for a cool date, a place to take your kids, something like that, check them out. RivertownAdventures.com. Thanks a lot, Paul. Thank you.